welcome to Powerhouse Politics. I'm ABC News Chief White House Correspondent Jonathan Carl. And my usual sidekick, political director Rick Klein, is off today. He'll be back soon. But we wanted to not delay a minute on this because we have a special Powerhouse Politics looking not at the Trump White House, but at the opposition. In just a few short minutes, I will be speaking with the chairman of the Democratic Party, Tom Perez, uh, for a look at how Democrats are gearing up to uh, take on Republicans, uh, both for the, the, the rest of the year and, of course, the midterm elections. We had the special election in Georgia with John Ossoff, the well-funded Democratic challenger, really a no-name before this race got underway, give a real scare to Republicans, uh, falling short of winning outright, getting a little over 48 percent of the vote. Uh, setting up for a, uh, a, a tough runoff, a one-on-one runoff against the Republicans. We're going to talk to uh, to Chairman Perez about that. Uh, but also, uh, the the, uh, the chair of the Democratic Party is off on a nationwide unity tour. It's called Come Together and Fight Back. He's He's traversing the country with Senator Bernie Sanders. And this is significant because many of you remember how Tom Perez got elected uh, a chair of the Democratic Party. He ran against... Sanders' choice for that job, uh, Keith Ellison, narrowly won, ever so narrowly won, and a lot of Sanders supporters are still bitter at that. They 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 saw uh, Tom Perez as the more establishment Democratic uh, Party choice, uh, somebody who, for instance, had been on a Hillary Clinton shortlist uh, for running mate. So uh, they're saying, let's get together. That we've got a, a Democrats are united in one thing uh, above all, and that is uh, standing in opposition to Donald Trump and to uh, trying to retake Congress, or at least the House, uh, in in the midterm election. But if you look at the way this tour has has, has unfolded so far, it hasn't exactly been the smoothest riding. Uh, For instance, they were up in Maine on Monday, uh, uh, Tom Perez and uh, and Senator Sanders, were introduced by a local, uh, local party activist up there, uh, who said, ask yourselves to the crowd, to the crowd of Democrats assembled, ask yourselves why you're here. And then this ensued. Take a listen. Maybe it's because you love a certain senator from Vermont. about the new DNC chairman and the future of the Democratic policy. Yeah, yeah, so you heard cheers and chants for Bernie and what appeared to be boos uh, for the idea of uh, meeting the new chairman of the Democratic Party or, or for the future of the Democratic Party. That's up in Maine. That's, you know, that's Bernie territory. Uh, but but uh, but not exactly the smoothest start to this to this tour. And then there was this interview that uh, that Bernie Sanders uh, had with Chris Hayes on MSNBC. As we all know, Bernie Sanders is a self-described democratic socialist. He was elected uh, for many years uh, to serve in the House from Vermont as an independent and then elected to the Senate as an independent, but then ran for the Democratic Party nomination. My recollection is that 
you know, he declared at that point that he now considered himself a Democrat. But listen to what he just said this week on MSNBC. So I guess my question to you is, do you you've been talking you're on this road trip now with the head of the DNC. You're talking about reforming, reviving, transforming the Democratic Party. Do you consider yourself a Democrat? No, I'm an independent. So Bernie Sanders uh, back to saying he doesn't consider himself a Democrat. Now, he is on the road with the chair of the Democratic Party. He is trying to uh, elect Democrats, although he pointedly did not endorse John Ossoff in the runoff down in Georgia. But that brings me to my third uh, interesting little bump in the road on this unity tour. Uh, Chair Perez and Senator Sanders also one stop on the tour is Omaha, where they have endorsed a Democratic candidate for mayor of Omaha. That doesn't sound too controversial. But this just crossed my inbox. It's a statement from NARAL, the uh, National uh, Abortion Rights Action League, a solid part of the Democratic uh, progressive constituency. And the headline of their statement um, is is on uh, DNC Chair President Senator Sanders embracing an anti-choice candidate in Nebraska. So uh, it, it turns out uh, that uh, that the candidate that they are endorsing for, for mayor of Omaha is somebody who is uh, not in favor of abortion rights, uh, somebody um, who, uh, who NARAL uh, sees as a threat uh, to, to women's rights. I mean, l- listen to this statement. Uh, the actions today by the DNC to embrace and support a candidate for office who will strip women one of the most critical constituencies for the party of our basic rights and freedom is not only disappointing, it is politically stupid. Today's action makes this so-called fight back tour look more like a throwback tour for women and our rights. That's about their decision to endorse Heath Mello. So a lot to talk to Tom Perez about. On uh, one hand, this is a, a, a very bullish time for Democrats. Uh, you have uh, Donald Trump's approval ratings are historically low for a president, a first-term president at this point uh, in his um, in his presidency. Uh, the Republicans in Congress seem to be in disarray. They couldn't even pass uh, their their Obamacare repeal and replace bill. You know they've been talking about it virtually nonstop uh, for the better part of a decade. When they finally had a chance to do it. Uh, they, they they were unable to push it across the line. So th- this would seem to be a very positive, uh, very good time uh, to be a Democrat, to kind of fight back. Sure, Republicans are in control, but Republicans appear to be on the ropes. You had the runoff in Georgia. They didn't get over the uh, uh, the, the, the 50% threshold, but they sure got close. Uh, we've got another special election coming up uh, next month in, in the state of Montana. Uh, so, you know, Democrats are, are, are feeling bullish, uh, but this unity tour is uh, certainly off to something of, a, something of a rough start. So with that, we are joined now by Democratic Party Chairman Tom Perez. John, good morning. Thank you for, uh, you? Thank you for joining us. Oh, John, it's a pleasure to be with you. So, so let me ask you, but before we get to, to what you're doing and how you're going to uh, uh, position Democrats to win back control of, of, uh, of Congress, as you look forward, we're, we're still a little ways away from 2018. Did you see anything 
that Democrats are going to be able to work with this president on before you get off to the races? Well, if the president wants to uh, work on immigration reform, and, and we could start with the 2014 bill, which was a bipartisan bill in the Senate, passed a very solid bipartisan margin. If that bill had been allowed uh, an up or down vote in the House of Representatives, it would have passed. Uh, that That's an example of uh, an issue that uh, could be an issue that's good for the economy. It's good for families. And uh, it was a comprehensive immigration reform bill with a pathway to citizenship. Uh, we, you know, we've, we've said many times, uh, you know, if, if you want to work on issues of fairness, uh, we would work on issues of fairness. But frankly, from the moment this president's been elected, uh, he has shown no interest in uh, taking on uh, anything other than the agenda of uh, the Tea Party. You know, it's, it's quite, interesting. Quite he, simply. He, he did mention the idea of immigration reform in that lunch he had before his speech to the joint session uh, with, the, uh, with the, the, the network anchors and, you know, floated the possibility that he could support comprehensive immigration reform, which surprised, shocked a lot of people. Uh, the White House quickly said, well, he never meant citizenship, uh, maybe legal status. Um, but let me ask you just before, and, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but you know, he's the deal maker, and he talked endlessly about building his wall. And Democrats have drawn a line saying there's no way that they're going to support spending bill uh, through Congress that includes money for that wall. But is there a possible deal? I mean, could they could come together where the president embraced some form of immigration reform along the lines of that bill you just mentioned, and Democrats said, okay, we'll give you the wall? Well, listen, um, you know, I, I, when you refer, John, to the dealmaker, boy, yeah. if, uh, if he had been on The Apprentice, uh, he would have been uh, fired because uh, the performance on the ACA repeal was a disaster. Uh, he said he was going to make Mexico pay for the wall, uh, and uh, that performance there has been a disaster. I mean, the reality is we, we, we hear from Republicans that we have a – we have to tighten our fiscal belt. And then you uh, you see proposals to build walls, and then you see a budget that cuts funding for uh, Meals on Wheels, uh, cuts funding for critical investments in uh, upskilling of workers so that workers who might have lost their job yesterday can punch their ticket to the middle class tomorrow. Uh, and and so every, every uh, corner that we turn here, uh, you see a president who is simply beholden to the far right, and, and they're not getting anything done because he continues uh, to pursue this far right agenda. That is really, um, I think it's bad for our nation. As we get to the 100 days of um, this presidency, it's it's just been nothing but um, chaos and carnage. Uh, yesterday, uh, there carnage. was a, that's, that's a, a mother of four before. children. A mother of four children in Ohio uh, deported. Um, you had yeah. a dreamer deported uh, the day before. That that's unconscionable. Uh, you're 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 driving families apart. This mother of four U.S. citizen children uh, deported. Uh, we can do better than that as a nation. Our compassion is our greatest source of strength, or so, one of our greatest sources of strength. And and these deportation task forces. You're just trying to stoke fear in communities. Talk to mean game about I'm going to declare China a currency manipulator on day one. Turns out that uh, 
last week he announces, no, we're not going to do that, and we're never going to do that. Uh, you know, I'm going to buy American. Well, you know, if you turn that executive order over, it probably says made in China because all their families' uh, business uh, dealings, it seems like uh, a good part of their products are made in China. So, so you might want to start with your own businesses if you want to talk about making it in America. Yeah, those Trump ties are still not quite made in, in the United States yet. Hey, it's, but, but if you look at your your aim here to, to, to recapture control, at least, of the House, what's, what's the strategy there? Do you, do you try to put more seats in play? Do you try to nationalize this midterm election to be effectively a referendum on Trump? Well, Donald Trump is certainly unifying uh, folks on the Democratic side. Um, but it's not enough to be against Donald Trump. We have to articulate what we stand for. And what we stand for is an America that we, an America that is at its best when we have shared prosperity, not just prosperity for a few, John. And America is at its best when, when health care is a right and it's not a privilege. And I think there's so much energy out there right now, John, because um, we are putting our unity in action, we're putting our values in action, and we're capitalizing on what was the most remarkable day of the first 100 days of this presidency, which was January 21st. People marched in millions, unprecedented, to say, you know, Donald Trump, you don't stand for our values. And, and I think what we have to continue to do, uh, and it's not just going up to 2018, it's, it's right now in these special elections. And um, I, I'm talking to you right now from Georgia, where I'll be spending time later today with uh, congressional candidate John Ossoff, who uh, in an 18-person race got over 48% of the vote in Newt Gingrich's old seat. So we're making progress here. We're making progress elsewhere. We're making progress in state races as well. And we're competing in those state races. I think we're going to have a great year in Virginia and New Jersey. And we're going to do so because we are building strong parties in all 50 states and the territories. We're recruiting good candidates. We're working in partnership with um, our labor partners, with partners in Planned Parenthood and others in the progressive um, uh, movement. Uh, we're working with faith communities because so much of what is happening is not only an economic issue, it's a moral issue. When you propose to zero out Meals on Wheels, that's unconscionable. Our nation's strength lies in no small measure in the fact that we are a compassionate nation. And so, John, I think when we lead with these values and when we build that infrastructure, the blocking and tackling that you need to do to build strong parties and strong campaigns, and then the clear message of what we stand for, I think that's how we win. So so obviously you've got some work to do on the unity front. What what? First of all, we, we played at the very beginning of this the, what, what happened up in Maine with, uh, with the big chance of Bernie and, and – uh, and, and, and the scattered booze at the mention of the of the future of the Democratic Party. Uh, you obviously, I mean, you know, d Democrats have had, um, you know, d Democrats have had challenges on unity uh, going back as long as there's been a Democratic Party. So it's not new. But but uh, what 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 do you have to do to overcome the, the still palpable disaffection uh, by so many of those Bernie Sanders supporters who still do not trust the Democratic Party? Well, I think we're doing we have to do exactly what we're doing now, which is um, be out there on issues that matter to everybody. Uh, when the effort was made to repeal the Affordable Care Act, everybody came together, John. And that is how we have been able 
to uh, be successful so far. And we have to do more because the Republicans are going to keep trying. On the issue of the Muslim ban, everybody was together. That was unconstitutional. It was un-American. It didn't make our nation safer. And it didn't make our democracy any stronger. And we were there together. On climate change, on higher affordability, uh, our views are in lockstep. And so when we lead with our values and, and we're going side by side on issues that matter the most to people, I think that's when we're at our best. And so my approach here is to make sure that uh, we clearly articulate as a Democratic Party what we stand for. And we put those values in action day in and day out, working in partnership with uh, uh, people across this country. And, and when we do that, I think we can succeed. So if you say you're in lockstep, one of the obviously big central issues for Democrats for uh, more than a generation has been the question of abortion rights. Why are you and Senator Sanders endorsing a candidate in Omaha uh, that has a, a, a rather, I mean, a, a clear uh, uh, anti-abortion rights uh, record um, and, and even beyond, even, even was on the opposite issue of, of the ultrasound issue? Why are you supporting that candidate up there in uh, Omaha? Well, first of all, let me state unequivocally that uh, I and the Democratic Party, and it's clearly in our platform, support every woman's right to choose, uh, to make their own decisions about their reproductive health and to have access to safe uh, reproductive health services, including abortion services. That's what our platform says, and I stand fully by it. And, and these are issues that uh, I'm proud to run on, and I know Democrats are proud to run on. Uh, because for me, but, but, the but not the Democrat is, you're endorsing in Omaha, Heath well, Mello for, for well, mayor. But, sure, but and, and let me let me uh, let me respond to that. I mean, we we need to trust women to make the best decision for themselves and their families, and and at the same time, uh, we have a big tent party, and there are a number of issues that I might not agree with, but I can tell you that regardless, I will always stand up and fight for a woman's right to choose, and when Democrats in Omaha. Uh, they got out there and they uh, voted in a primary who uh, they were going to support. Uh, that was their choice. And so uh, I'm proud of uh, our platform and I will continue to support that platform. So anti-choice candidates, just as, as, a, as a question, you said that you're a big tent party, but you've all said everybody is in lockstep and clearly where the party platform is on this. Are, are anti-choice candidates welcome in the in, in the Democratic Party when you look at, you know, possible candidates down the road uh, to win in red congressional districts, uh, in red states, uh, perhaps even Senate candidates? Or, or, or how, how far are you willing to go to support candidates who may be with you on a whole host of other issues, uh, but, but are not with you on abortion rights? Well, again, I, I think if you look... Um in the United States Senate, in the United States House right now, there are Democrats um, who have uh, a personal belief regarding these, uh, the issue of uh, uh, women's reproductive health and, and uh, the issue of uh, access to abortion services. And, um, and that is their firmly held belief. I respect those personal beliefs. My, my view happens to be different. And... Um, and that is 
uh, something that we have uh, respected in terms of, uh, again, the Big Ten of our party. But what is clear about our party platform is um, a woman's right to choose. And I think uh, what is most important to recognize is, um, you know, our reproductive uh, health rights are, are very, very clearly delineated there. But um, again, you know, if you're going to be a big tent party, uh, as we are, and you're going to um, uh, help elect Democrats who have uh, generated support from voters in their communities, uh, whether it's a, a state race or a federal race, um, the the will of those voters is the will that we must respect and will respect. So how, how many, just looking at the, the broader uh, goals for, for your party uh, in the midterm elections, how many seats do you have to put in play? I mean truly put in play, where, 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 where the party is putting resources, putting money, uh, recruiting candidates. How many of those 435 House seats that are up, uh, up, up, up every two years, uh, how many of those Republican seats are you going to need to put in play, or do you plan to put in play? Well, I mean, one thing we're going to put in play as many as possible, and I'll, I'll, we have um, we have a, a, an albeit small sample size, but we have two indicators now. We've seen an election in Kansas in a beat red district, and we saw an election this week in Georgia in Newt Gingrich's old district. Uh, an election that five months ago, um, now Secretary uh, Price won by, I believe, 23 or 24 points. And we saw in... Although, although Hillary only lost by, by one point. So it, it, it is a district that has been trending in your in your direction. Well, but not, it, it's a heavily gerrymandered district. And one of the challenges that we have to confront is that the... Uh, the, the unconscionable gerrymandering of, of um, so many seats uh, in so many states. Uh, you, you look at places like Ohio and uh, Michigan and, and uh, Wisconsin, uh, Pennsylvania and elsewhere, and, and the, the remarkably um, undemocratic gerrymandering has really uh, created challenges. But let me, here's, here's my bottom line. Uh, in both of those seats that I mentioned, Georgia and Kansas, you saw a swing of over 20 points. If we continue on that trajectory where we can make uh, swings like that because of the energy out there and because of the overreach of Republicans, we can put upwards of 80 to 100 uh, seats in play. And, uh, and, and as long as they continue to overreach, we're going to fight everywhere. And uh, the energy that I see out there is unlike anything I have seen in my lifetime. And I, I spoke to someone who's a generation older than me, and I said, had you, uh, have you ever seen energy like this? And he said, um, the civil rights movement of the 60s is the only thing uh, that compares to this. So we're going to continue to translate that energy into results by building uh, strong parties everywhere, by recruiting good candidates, and by... Uh, making sure that um, we are putting our our unity into action. Are you going to compete in Montana? Can you win that seat? You have another special election for the. I, uh, we're going to compete seat. everywhere. I think everything is in play right now. Uh, any pollster that tells you they know what's going to happen, 
in an election after what we saw, John, in yeah, 2016. Yeah, no doubt. But, 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 but can you win, Montana? Can you, can you, I mean, you've, you've gotten, you got, you got a lot closer than anybody thought in Kansas, but you lost. You got a lot closer. I mean, you, you, you did, you did, you exceeded expectations in Georgia, but you, but you still fell short of 50. Can you win in Montana? Well, again, let's, let's be clear about Georgia. We have a, an election on June the 20th. If you look at all the pundits, they were saying John Ossoff was never going to get above the ceiling of 43. He's at over 48. There were three Democrats who also ran. So when you add up their vote, he's at 49. There are 30,000 Democrats who voted in uh, November who didn't vote in this election. I think John, I'd rather be John Ossoff uh, than his opponent uh, going into the June 20th election. And so we're swinging the bat hard there. We're going to swing the bat uh, in, in Montana. I think we have a real shot because there's a good candidate. Um, and when you recruit good candidates and you have a good message and you have energy and organization and partnership, uh, you always have a fighting chance. And that's why uh, we're fighting uh, in these races. And we're not just fighting in, um, in the federal races. We're, we're fighting in, um, in, in state races like Delaware, uh, where where we won uh, a race by 16 points that four years ago was a one and a half point race. So uh, this this um, energy out there again, as I said, John, we have to translate it into results. Um, I, I'm not going to sit here and guarantee uh, victories because anybody who does that is, uh, I think, puffing a bit. But what <laughs> I believe we can do, um, I, I think we're I think we're going to be very competitive, and I think we're going to win a lot of seats and. As long as these Republicans continue to overreach, um, we're going to continue uh, to hold them accountable and put our, our values and views into action. And I think when uh, voters see that, um, they are trusting Democrats to um, uh, right the ship and be a counterweight to Donald Trump, because Donald Trump does not stand for the values of a majority of Americans in this country. All right. Well, before you go, I am going to try to put you on the spot. I'm not going to get you to, to try to declare you're going to win somewhere. But we like to talk about percentage chances here on uh, Powerhouse Politics. I'm going to ask you two. <laughs> uh, percentage chance that the Democrats win back the House. Percentage chance, which I imagine is going to be a lot lower uh, if, if it exists, uh, to win back the Senate. I'll, I'll leave percentage chances to Nate Silver. And, I was afraid uh, of this. Okay. But what I will say, John, is this. Uh, in order to make sure we win, we have to have strong parties everywhere. We need to build that. We need to build the, the, the structure and parties. We need to be out there. That's what we're doing at the Democratic National Committee. Uh, we need to be working in partnership with uh, others in uh, who are our allies, whether it's the labor movement, Planned Parenthood, uh, and others. Uh, and we need to clearly articulate what we stand for, and we need to fight in every zip code. We, we frequently did not have a visible presence in all too many corners of America. And, and shame on us. And that is what we are changing. We have an every zip code strategy because I think our values resonate in every zip code. All right. Tom Perez, the chair of the Democratic National Committee, thank you for joining us on Powerhouse Politics. Pleasure to be with you, John. Great. Thank you. So it's going to be interesting with uh, Democrats looking to compete. Uh, Perez mentioned up to 100 seats. Uh, that, that that sounds like a, a, an incredibly uh, 
a wide battlefield as resources get allocated, those things tend to get uh, scaled back significantly. But there's no question that Democrats are looking to compete uh, on a much broader battlefield in this midterms. That means uh, competing in districts. Certainly uh, the easy ones are, are you know, the easy ones to say you're going to target are those districts that Hillary Clinton won that are now represented by uh, Republicans in Congress. But they're also going to be looking to compete in, in, in those districts that were solidly Donald Trump, as they've had to do in these, uh, in these special elections. And that is going to mean potentially supporting candidates that are not lockstep in all of the issues uh, that, the Democrats, uh, that the Democrats nationally are looking at, but supporting some, uh, some moderate uh, dem- Democrats who might not uh, uh, be exactly uh, in line with the Bernie Sanders wing of the party. It's going to be very interesting. And we're going to be following it all here on Powerhouse Politics. Next week, we might even have Rick Klein back uh, on, on the broadcast. But thank you for listening. Uh, remember, subscribe. Uh, to us wherever you get your podcasts. If it's on iTunes, one thing that we love is when you leave us a not only a, 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 a review, but a star rating. We like lots of stars. Thank you for listening to Powerhouse Politics. We'll see you again next week. Powerhouse.